Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is Druggist for the People. This podcast will contain my feelings and opinions and uh, stories from from my practice in pharmacy, but none of this should be taken as just hardcore fact. This is more about stimulating questions that you can then take to your pharmacist and your doctor and your healthcare team uh, to help you better understand and participate in your care. And once again, just a little reminder, if you're looking for medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, you won't find it here. You need to use your healthcare professional for that. Today, the people is Carol. How are you today, Carol? Hi, I'm Th- feeling very peopleish. Yes, yeah, thanks for being people again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some feedback from a listener, uh, Valerie, about some headlines she's seen about phenylephrine not being effective. Um, what she's is, concerned about that. What is that used for? Yeah, it's for nasal congestion. Oh. Yeah. So can I just talk about nasal congestion for a minute? Sure. <laughs> we know something about that. Fascinating. Well, when you can't breathe very well, that's nasal. Um, <laughs> kind of important. Yeah. So what happens is blood vessels in the nose dilate. Okay. And there's your congestion. Okay. So what do these decongestants do? Shrink them. That's exactly right. They constrict those blood vessels. They're called sympathomimetics. Oh, fascinating. I know. That's the whole fight or flight thing. This is You try and get one aspect of the fight or flight, which is the stimulation thing, um, and you're trying to get it just enough that it's going to constrict those blood vessels and you can breathe throughout the day and not have to worry about that all the time. So that's, that's how they work. So phenylephrine um, is the most popular oral... Uh, decongestant. Did you know that? It wouldn't surprise me because I feel like everybody in the fall in particular takes stuff. Yeah. It is it is um, really the oral one. Um, I think that in 2022, 20, there were, it, when you take all the phenylephrine products out there, mm-hmm. so that's like Sudafed PE and some of the, the Vicks NyQuil things and Benadryl combination products, and there are combos with Tylenol and mm-hmm. um, ibuprofen and stuff. $1.8 billion. Woo, big money. Billion. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, Dr. Evil would think it was millions, but it's billions. <laughs> With a B. <laughs> With a B. <laughs> Which is a huge part of the over-the-counter market. Sure. Yeah. So that's why this is a concern. And Valerie was also a expressed concern because she felt like it did her some good. Yeah, I was going to say, so this can't be a collective placebo, can it? I mean, like, I've taken that stuff and it made me feel better. So is it other stuff that's in that that's making me feel better? Uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. So I like to, I think the title of this one's going to be Oral Phenylephrine, No Better Than a Skittle. <laughs> well, okay. okay well, Certainly Skittles are a lot less expensive. Yes. <laughs> And more available. And tastier. And tastier. More fun to consume. <laughs> so um, let, we'll just do real quick a little bit of history about this. So there's something called a generally recognized as safe and effective list. Okay. That's the FDA has that. Okay. So like in um, 1976 through the 70s and early 80s, the, the FDA was looking at all these products that would be over the counter and they would determine it is safe and effective. And then once it made that list moving forward, if you or I owned a drug company and we were like, I think I want to make a new product, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put, you know, 
some pain relief stuff in there, and I'm going to use some phenylephrine. As long as those two elements, those drugs are on this list, you don't have to do a lot of digging to prove anything. Except they drop the ball on the effective part. <laughs> right. Very good. You're cutting right to this thing because that is um, that is not something that's been debated about phenylephrine, mm. the safety. And that is, that's a primary, first, first and foremost. Do okay. no harm. It's safe. But the they didn't ask the rats if they were feeling less congested. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was in 76, 1976. It first was approved as safe and effective. Mm-hmm. And yet, and so, okay, what does that mean in 1976? Well, it's a little different than today. The, the, the methodology, there's a word, mm-hmm. um, how they do the studies, like the number of people that represents a fair uh, group to, to draw a conclusion from that – that it's randomized, that neither the people doing the study or the people participating know what's going on, that it's placebo-controlled, mm-hmm. which is what we were referencing here with the Skittle. That would be the placebo. <laughs> <laughs> A delicious placebo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, the the way that the studies were doing that, done then maybe weren't as restrictive or not didn't have the same standards as we have now, but they did determine back then it was safe and effective. But. That was 50 years ago. Right, 47 years. So <laughs> then in 94, it was put on this list, and away we go. Mm-hmm. Um, free range. So that's that's kind of the history about this. Um, did you have any questions at this point? Um, how, how long have they known about this uh, lack of effectiveness? <laughs> really? A good question again. I do want to mention before I get to that, that they there, there is an assigned dose. So it's phenylephrine. Uh, Sudafed PE or any I, – I only bring up Sudafed because it's the most common one. It's a single entity thing. Okay. But it is phenylephrine and nothing – Sudafed and those folks are good people. <laughs> um, so the um, 10 milligrams is the dose that's determined to be safe and effective. Okay. Okay. Um, so how long have we known this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been suspected for like over two decades. Wow. I know. This is the tr- – this could be troubling to hear. Ooh. Yeah. Well – so you gave me the dose, but if it if it's a higher dose, is it effective? Another really good question. Um, possibly, but then you look at side effects. Ah. Uh-huh. Right. So this is a good time while we're talking about how these drugs work to, to think about that kind of thing. Um, there were a number of uh, – there was another um, decongestant, I don't know, when I first came out practicing, and it was in, in use for a long time, uh, phenylpropanolamine. Mm-hmm. Which again, it's the same. This group of drugs, pseudoephedrine, um, pseudoephedrine, which is pseudoephed, which is the one they took off in 2006 because of the meth heads. Oh yeah, people all were those, using it to make other bad stuff. Yeah, all those chemists out there. Yeah. Um, so that Breaking sort of bad. that sort of started this thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> happening. And the phenylpropanolamine was a, was an option, but they found there was an association with its use in hemorrhagic stroke. Oh, not pretty good. significant. Yeah, Off the market it goes. Yeah. And so we end up with two. Thank you, so, FDA. Well, right. But this is where you get this, again, I'm, the sympathomimetic, that's the term, but this is a stimulant effect to get these blood vessels constricting. So what happens, you know, in your blood pressure, when those blood vessels constrict, less volume, it's like a garden hose and you put your thumb over it and you get that high volume or high pressure where it shoots out. Right. The physics doesn't end outside your body. It's going on inside. So you constrict the blood vessels, up close your, your blood pressure, mm-hmm. stroke risks go up. I see. So this is what you have to – this is one of the concerns with right. this group so of drugs. Heart rate is another issue. And in isolation of, yes, this 
may or may not help your sinus congestion, but what else does it do in your body? Right. The safety issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, the, the higher doses, it, it, it's possible that it would be effective, but you have to look at what, what side effects might we get here again. Right. And pseudoephedrine, which was the, um, that was the one that was proven to be effective. Um, and then it was being used to make meth. So poll, you can go to your pharmacist and you can get registered and, you know, you, you can get some there, but you have to, it, they're trying to take this out of the hands of people who are going into grocery stores and taking all the, yeah, all the yeah. pseudoephedrine off. So still available, but just takes a little bit of effort to get it. Um, so anyway, the, the headlines have been that this FDA advisory committee has said that, and it was a unanimous vote, mm-hmm. that the phenylephrine doesn't work to get rid of nasal congestion, uh, and that compared to a placebo, a Skittle, uh, <laughs> there was no difference. Ah. Yeah, so we... Um, so even a whole bag of Skittles might not make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't recommend, but I've done that. <laughs> Um, so we have to then consider like, why is the phenylephrine not effective? Okay. So these people that do these studies, and by the way, when it, when some, a drug gets on this generally recognized as safe and effective or this GRACE study, mm-hmm. I guess that's how the acronym would be pronounced. Um, the, the public always has the opportunity to petition the FDA about whether or not this is true. Mm-hmm. So this has happened 2007, 2015. Um, I think the University of Florida was involved, some, some folks down there, with making one of the petitions. Uh, patient advocacy groups can petition and look at these things. So it can come around to that. That's one of the ways that, that we end up looking at this. Um, so that that can be one of the ways that a light gets shown on. Is this effective or not? Right? Is that what you're saying? I'm sorry, Ren. Um, what you just spoke about the University of Florida and that kind of thing, how that could be how it comes to light that maybe this isn't as effective as yes, what we thought. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, back to the, I, I'm just going to finish up on this pharmacology thing real quick. The What they're finding is, when, and they look at the, the phenylephrine, how much of this drug actually gets to the site of action. That's your sinuses, mm-hmm. your, your nasal passages. Um, and so the, the bioavailability, which we've talked about in podcasts before, but that's how much when you take a drug orally, goes into solution, gets absorbed, and actually gets into your blood at a certain concentration. And that's low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's due to how well it's absorbed. If it, The first thing it does is goes through the liver, and that tears it down. So ultimately, by the time it gets to the site of action, your nose, there's very little of it. Uh. So this is the problem. I see. So your question about how about a higher dose? What about 15 milligrams? Maybe so. Uh-huh. But then it's like you you, you go gently with this because you really got to monitor for- Well, maybe that would trigger something else correct, to go Correct. Right. That, that's exactly right. So I think that's, a, that's about all we need to do for the ph- pharmacology. I do want to say uh, to all you phenylephrine folks out there, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is an, an active compound. It's in- some nasal sprays, uh, neosinephrine and a couple others, and effective that way. Oh, because it doesn't have to go through. It does not. And that's the great thing about if someone really has high blood pressure to be able to recommend a nasal spray, a decongestant nasal spray. Now, there's there's drawbacks to those as well. Okay. Um, Maybe rebound that's... congestion. 
mm-hmm. which is the most serious thing. You don't want to use them for more than like three days. Uh-huh. And that means you can take them and there's this neosinephrine, there's um, afrin, oxymetazoline. And so they they do work. Mm-hmm. But when they quit working, you're like, oh, you've really got congestion and you have to hit it again. And so you can get this cycle going where you end up having to take it all the time. It's bad for your to be to be caught up in that. So it's just mm-hmm. this occasional, you know, oh, you get a bug or something and you can't sleep. Need help getting over the hump. Yeah, that's <clears throat> yeah, kind of like that. So um, they are the phenylephrine is an active compound. It's just that it's not getting. It doesn't have to go through your stomach and no, it's not getting not getting in a concentration to your nose to actually do the good. This is this is the conclusion. Well, um, I was going to ask one of the questions I was going to ask is what options are there for people? Um, and so the nasal sprays are there others? Yeah, there are there are other ones. And this is one of the concerns that was expressed when they were trying to figure this out. This, you know, this advisory panel mm-hmm. go, uh, goes to the FDA and says this this just doesn't work. And so the, there's a group that represents these over the counter manufacturers, and they're they're basically saying this is just going to be a, a big inconvenience and challenge for consumers. And maybe so, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Sure. Um, so there's there are some non-drug things, but like the pseudoephedrine, which we talked about, you have to go, you know, have a go through the pharmacist and good if you I think if it, anything to sort of um, help have a better relationship with the pharmacist and the pharmacist gets to know you. Um, so the nasal sprays, which we just talked about, mm-hmm. um, also uh, there's a saline nasal spray which you can use. So if some if you've got terrible allergies, which I have in the spring, mm-hmm. the nasal spray can just um, remove some of those allergens, some of the pollen. Sort of give you a bit of a rinse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like a neti pot, but it's, <laughs> but that's a way. What so some of the things that we think about to, as an option to this would be to try and prevent the inflammation that results in the swelling instead of you know in this congestion instead of like oh I'm congested and then you you take a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the um, there's antihistamine nasal sprays. There's also um, over-the-counter nasal steroid um, sprays for allergies and that kind of thing, like uh, Flonase and uh, Nasacort, those kinds of things. Okay. So there are some other things. I guess while I'm at it here, there are some non-drug options, but these are limited by, you know, we all have our daily lives and you can't always just... can't walk around with a warm compress on your face all day (laughs) or a cold one or... (laughs) Well, reflexology and massage... Like there's a point on the inside of my elbow that only you seem to be able to find. I'm like, wait a minute, my signs are cleared up. I believe that those points, those pressure points, do exist, and that you know those are nice options. But again, to be able to <laughs> um, to function in your daily life <laughs> with and still have a, a you know clear sinuses is is what we're looking for here. So anyway, I. That was one of the things that was brought up by this group of a manufacturer's carol, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm imagining bunches of people getting on a subway with uh, those heat and cool masks on. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Just... <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> it would, I don't know if that'd make it more interesting or less interesting. <laughs> um so anyway, I, I think that this this claim by these group this group representing all the manufacturers is just you're creating a horrible situation. Just trying to to establish 
a new way of treating this. Uh, it's not like we don't have some options, but we don't have an effective oral decongestant. I was going to say, it's not a Other pill. than pseudoephedrine. <laughs> it's pseudoephedrine is, is out there. Um, so the, let's see. That, that I think that covers most of the options that would be available. And again, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the dose because they will, I believe, probably try and bump that up. And they do assays, which are these chemicals tests, to, to actually see how much drug is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that might be something they do. But it's here's something for you. I mean, we've talked about uh, capitalism and the you know the pharmaceutical businesses and industry, and um, there's a lot of money here. Uh, I would say. Yeah. So there's a lot of incentive. Somebody mm-hmm. is working hard right now. Yeah. To get us a new product mm-hmm. at a dose. It's effective and safe. I, I, I want to mention, though, the the consumer concern like Valerie and you as well, feeling like this works. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I, some, like a lot of the supplements, so many supplements, will simply just have a, a disclaimer about has not been proven to be effective for, the, for these indications. Um, and people take them in mass, like echinacea and all kinds of things. Sure. Not that they could well be yeah, effective. Yeah, maybe your personal chemistry, it works for you. Right. So I wonder, well, maybe they would consider making this available in that context. And you just have to make sh- but but is that possible? Can right. then, then you open up a Yeah, a whole another, lot of can of worms. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, anyway, something something will I'm happen. I'm not going to eat worms, no matter what anybody says. No, don't do it. <laughs> Has someone accused you of that? No, but the can of worms. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's certainly not a skittle. That's what it is. So anyway, you wondered, like you brought up, how long have we known this? Twenty, you know, two decades, five significant studies, and what the what the advisory committees and the and the FDA would note from previous things was like some of the shortcomings in these studies you know these people were on other meds and it really was i see so how does this happen well it's this it's not dialectics but it is this you know this contradiction okay you you say this and look this is a this is a shortcoming and finally you get to now you know september 11th and 12th i think it was you know finally the the, the advisory panel says okay this is definitive right but it's because we're, we go back and forth with this now the FDA, we don't know when they're going to make this ruling mm-hmm. to actually take it off of this list, um, but it, I think it will probably happen. Um, so what happens to get this is it seems like a way for it to be really, really slow moving, but the FDA will consider uh, taking it off of this this list, and then they'll um, – Make an announcement. They'll change that they're changing the status. That that's under consideration, and it, they give the public an opportunity to voice their concerns. Mm-hmm. Valerie, you potentially, yeah, right? And then they'll make a decision, mm-hmm. and then um, hopefully work to with with drug companies with whoever I guess to get an option out there that is safe and effective. So it's it's this process. It really is, and this is why we in almost every podcast talk about. Monitoring, participating, being vigilant, right? Because this is this is what's going on, um, and I am not. I also we've talked a lot about how everybody is so unique, and ev- that I mean not just in like how they smile and what yeah. their personality is, but like receptor sensitivity. And so, Personal maybe chemistry. you, maybe Valerie, um, 
you know, a small amount of drug got there mm-hmm. was really sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. And she's that one person, I don't know, out of 500, whatever, how that's that's effective. And um, So anyway, I don't want to discount that this has been helpful to people in mm-hmm. a real way. Mm-hmm. But that in these studies, it's no more effective than a Skittle. Okay. Well. Actually, it would have to be, it would be, you know, the tablets would be the same. They would look the same. So you don't, <laughs> okay. hey, you're getting a purple Skittle here. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's that's how all this has come to be. Um, so you could do your own blind study with a Skittle. I'm only kidding there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I can't think, I do want to mention, like, since we've talked a little bit about this process, placebos. Um, I think it was after World War II that the they started incorporating this in as a comparison when they were looking at new drugs um, because of how strong an effect it can be. And right. So it's that positive mindset going well, you, into. Yeah, you, you say you, that all the time when you're going to start some new drug regimen. You know, be have an open mind and sort of be positive about taking what you're taking. Right, and when people believe. The, and then it's included in all the monoclonal antibodies, all the new drugs. There's, there still is this placebo control. Mm-hmm. Like, does it actually perform better than an inert substance? Does it have some sort of intrinsic activity mm-hmm. that that warrants it um, being there? And, you know, I think something that's interesting to me is like they have, they've done studies where they'll suggest here's something, and this is this is a stimulant. Um, so we're going to take this and monitor you, and it's a placebo, mm-hmm. and up goes the blood pressure, up goes the heart rate. Even though they've taken actually nothing they've taken, but a sugar pill, correct, or a skittle, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the same same inert substance, the same placebo, they'll 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 say this is a sedative. So we're going to uh, have you take this and monitor you closely. Down goes the heart rate, breathing slows. Blood pressure can drop and might even have some drowsiness. So there's this incredible, and that's, I, I just think that's something that should not be, you know, we should, like what you just said, take advantage, just be positive. Mm-hmm. Take that in the addition to. The power of to, your mind. And take that in addition to the intrinsic activity of the drug. And there are mm-hmm. so many, so many medications that are really effective and are a blessing, mm-hmm. but what we're about is like, like, let's do this in a really smart, involved way where you monitor and participate and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? So for me, that's the that's the the takeaway is when we talk about this risk benefit. You know, like generally with prescription drugs, it's mm-hmm. it's there for over the counter stuff too. Um, Good to know. And just monitor, 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 and use the pharmacist. Um, so when you see that in the news, now you know a little bit more about it. Right, right. So it's um, one of the things that I got was surprising to me from the pandemic was the how much people didn't understand how the applied science of medicine works, and that it's that it's not a static thing. It's a moving thing that you ditch stuff that's not working. There are so many Evolving. drugs that have been pulled off of the market, mm-hmm. ineffective. Horrible side effects, drug-drug interactions that we didn't suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this this moving forward. And just think right. about today versus 10, 15 years ago. What the, the anticoagulants that are being used now, oral, um, and compared to 
warfarin, which was originally a rat poison. It's just like it's still used occasionally in an mm-hmm. effective way for for a select group, but it it changes so much. So that's what this is about. So I know it's frustrating, and you wonder how can this happen, but this is it, and we're moving forward. We and learn there, more there will, every day. Yep, there are some options, and so use your pharmacist if you're wondering what you need to do or what's going to happen. That sounds great. All right, Carol. I, I pre- like to use my pharmacist all the time. <laughs> Oh, I don't even feel used. So, <laughs> so that's good. See? Man, you told me. It was so subtle. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. Thank you. And Thanks I pre- for the conversation. <laughs> okay. And I appreciate you all listening. This has been and will be Druggist for the People. <laughs>